Hello and welcome to Black Noise Radio. I'm Black Betty. Coming up for you today, part two of the Stolen Generations Marker event, a community gathering held at the Atherton Gardens in Fitzroy on Saturday the 26th of May 2018. A local event organised by the City of Yarra and brought to us by the event producer, Jason Tamaru. But the female birds are smart, so they only go for the ones with the best voice, the best singing, the best showing off. So this one is about how the female lyrebirds, the dancers, they hear this sound in the bush and then they eventually listen to it because they get intrigued by this voice, this sound that they hear. And as you know, the lyrebird copies a lot of the sounds that it hears in the bush and it may be man-made noises, it could be the other birds, just so it gets its repertoire up there and so it gets the, the female lyrebird. So this is about how, how um, the female lyrebirds are hearing they, and then they eventually follow the male lyrebird and they speak the ancestors' language together with the male lyrebird. So ready, girls? Ngangak <laughs> moment that we'd like to create that is off script but I think you're going to see why this is so appropriate. So I'd like to reach out to all the members of the Stolen Generations who are here today. This circle is for you. We want you to come into the circle. We want you to take one of the managum leaves and place it on the fire. And when everybody has taken their moment to do that, then we'll have a moment's silence together. So all the members of the Stolen Generations, all of you who were taken, taken from your mum, taken from your dad, taken from your brothers, your sisters, your family, your community, this is a moment of reflection to take a leaf and place it into the fire. Um, how, how bad is that when your first word is... um? I think, I think because I don't know whether you understand the significance of this park. This park 
was link up before link up was link up. When interstate people who thought they were interstaters coming from another place wanted to know who their family was or where they came from, they didn't go to an organisation. They came here, over where those chairs and there's a grill. that you could open and inside the grill was what we called the fridge. A lot, of, a lot of people who'd been through what we went through needed to numb the pain. I just saw my big brother Arthur Edwards II named after my father it was our father's 22nd memorial yesterday so when the week builds up to sorry day I'm trying to remember what we used to do prior Prior to 1998, on the 26th of May, before that date, we had no day that represented the pain that we were carrying. I bet you, if I was to ask some of the nephews or nieces to go around in the audience to non-Indigenous people and hand over your wedding rings, your most prized necklace, a bangle, a set of earrings that was given to you by your parents, or your great-grandmother, or your husband, I suppose it'd be difficult. What do you want those possessions for? My mother, Mary Murray, Nyari Nyari, Yorta Yorta woman. My father, Arthur Nugget Edwards the first. Stood six foot six, a mountain of a man, but there wasn't a thing he could do when DHS come a calling. That's what's so disrespectful about it. And my mother and father had to hand over children, not prized possessions. 
that little baby was only 18 months old. That little baby was scared of the dark. That little baby is sitting right here and I'm still scared of the dark. Prime Minister apologises. And like Muriel said before, Cornelia Rao, nothing against the woman herself, but the government paid her $2.6 million for six months imprisonment. I respect what that marker represents, but I carry my brother carries a scar that will never ever heal my nephew Choco over there it's not about one family it's about a nation of people that have been torn apart not supposed to be a guilt trip either. Dress. 
got nowhere to go People might ask Why do you wear braces? It's because our father wore braces Our father was a gun shearer Our father would wear braces Wearing tracksuit pants. I know that's a weird combination, but that's our dad. Remember those days, Nuck? Times are changing. There's nothing to fear. All those years of heartache will in time disappear time to move on now no longer alone move past the sorrow time to head somewhere to go sit over there in that marker yeah I used to drink in the wee hours of the morning I'm talking about from nine o'clock at night till probably nine in the morning wait for the health service to open when it was the health service and I'd go get a loan and I'd start again. And I used to drown my sorrows and try and escape my childhood through alcohol. And all I really wanted to do was belong. And that's all we've ever wanted to do is belong. We're always got the finger pointed at us. Have a look at these Aborigines. Can't they help themselves? Well, sometimes when you don't know who that person is in the mirror, it's hard to figure out what your destiny is going to be. song that I writ, or my dad writ, my dad writ this song to my mum. I woke up early Monday morning I packed my swag, I headed out the door I said I'll see you late Friday evening 
she's on the edge can't take it anymore late at night i sit in contemplation of all the pain i put you through Alicia Arden and Lakeisha Clayton. You're you, my nieces, eh? You got any money? Nothing. Wow. And the, the rule was if you came into the park, you had to come in with money. Ain't that right, JD? You weren't allowed to come in without money. You was called tarpole and muster and you had to put money down if you wanted... Refreshments, if you know what I mean, you had to come in. But if you didn't have any money, 
you were looked after. Hey, JD. Ain't that right? Wasn't about money. Oh, someone knows exactly what I'm talking about. He's hiding behind. Could you, could you just move to, yeah, this guy here. Bootsy dog, you know I'm talking about you, eh, bros? Yeah. I remember on my 18th birthday, my mum came to where I was working. Have you lost your mum? Hello? Are your eyes? Oh, okay. Where are you going? I read this song for my mum. I remember she came to work on my 18th birthday. And she said, son, we've got to go to the other end of Buckley Street in Morwell. I said, what for, mum? And she said, we're signing you off as a state ward today. You'll never again be under the thumbprint of DHS. The irony is I was 18. So I was my own boss and she didn't realise that. But I'm sure my mum was waiting for that day. I've been waiting for tomorrow to come. I've been waiting for tomorrow to come. Nightmares of the past. No time to say goodbye. Searching for the truth To find the reasons why I've been waiting for Tomorrow to come I've been waiting for towards tomorrow for life's not what it seems needing to find the courage nurture our children's dreams I've been waiting for tomorrow to come I've been
sick of age photographers following me around everywhere. This guy up the front here, he uh, took shots leading into the apology, followed us around in Canberra like a bad smell and um, no, I'm only joking. Justin McManus is uh, a dear friend of ours and has been part of our, our family for the last, what, 12 years, eh, Justin? You've been uh, taking photographs of me and my silly family. Hey, does everybody know, I want to tell you a secret. I want somebody to stand up and I want you to see the similarities, okay? Jackie Charles, could you please come here, please? Hey, does everybody know Jackie? He's more famous than me. And I want a, I want a, I want a photo of this Justin. I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is Danny DeVito. We're twins. But Jackie's mum and my mum are sisters. You wouldn't believe it. And here's another one, another one of my relatives. All our mums are sisters. And I'm so proud that I have family who understand what we've been through. Um, and my dear cousin here deals with it every single day in her work as CEO, General Manager of VACA. But the reality is the doors are still revolving. And that's the sad part. And my other cousin here, he travels the world taking on the crown. Jackie Charles versus the crown. I want to... She got an iPhone and she's telling us what to do. Come across with a proper camera next time. I, I want to tell you about a yarn, about a, a train trip, my very first train trip. Yeah, you're right, cuz. Was from... I was on heading to my mum's place in Tarelgan for the first time, my first visit to her house. And I hopped on a train from Caulfield to Tarelgan. And this is about that trip. Who in the audience remembers the Red Rattlers? Yeah. I can see... I'm right, cuz. A chain of coming. Coming down that railway track. 
fortunate enough to be cuddled or sat on my Nana Teresa's knee Nana Teresa Kirby but I'm sure when I dream when I go to that place I'm with her I can hear a voice of calling And it's calling me back home She says we will walk down that road together I'm so proud to know I'm not alone All together Gotta keep rolling Sinking, gotta keep rolling, rolling hard. Gotta keep rolling, 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 rolling on. Gotta keep rolling, 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 rolling home. Gotta keep rolling, rolling. I'm going to stop. Rolling. Rolling on. Gotta keep rolling. This guy is enjoying it. another function to go to but um, I want to thank uh, Rico Rennie for um, for designing the marker but um, 
the reality for us as Stolen Gens members is that even though this is a great uh, memorial, for us, we want to go back to country and sit on country at our sacred ceremonial sites and know what those sacred sites mean to us. Some of us have been far removed from law, from business. You can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Same with our Aboriginality. You can take away, take us far away from what makes us Aboriginal is our connection to our descendancy. But our descendancy travels with us in our genealogy, in our family trees, in our bloodline, but more importantly in our DNA. What they tried to do was eradicate our colour. Being Aboriginal has got nothing to do with the colour of our skin. That's the hypocrisy. Thank you for being here. Thank you to all the organisers. Don't be surprised if you see me there at three o'clock in the morning, sitting over there half asleep. But I won't be drunk, I'll be asleep. I'm only joking. I sing for the black. Are you going to come up here, my Asia? And the people of this land. I sing for the red and the blood that's been shed. Philly! I sing for the gold. There's a microphone here. Of a new year, young and old. Any singers? Yilale, yilale, yilale. Are there any singers? Yilale, 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 yilale. My Asia, I sing unto them of the Most High. I sing so much praise. It makes Jenny Dunn want to cry. Now I'm singing just for you and you and you, so all can recognize. Singing for the red, 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 singing for
all together, here we go. So guys, bring it back. We want to hear these people sing. Ready? The African girls are the loud singing the loudest. One, two, three, four. Come on, be a quick. Of chips in it for you. If you come up here, Scott will give you all five dollars. Don't get up for less than ten. You love me, you love me, you love me, you love me, you love me. Thank you. I gotta go. See you later. Keep on going. You love me, you love me, you love me, you love me. Two years later. Please thank Butcher Edwards. Tom Lynch on keyboard and on guitar. Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson. Scott, thank you. How mellow was that? I even felt at home up here. That's what it's all about today, isn't it? Feeling at home, knowing what home is and connecting to home. Just one more fellow that you've all been waiting for and I'm not going to delay any further. It's been a great privilege for me to be here this afternoon and share this incredible occasion with you. But please make welcome now to bring our event to a close, Uncle Jack Charles. <laughs> Hello, uh, uh, woman Jacker. Welcome to my little piece at the end of the, uh, this wonderful day. I... Um, I was a long time coming into Collingwood Fitzroy. I was taken from my mum at uh, four months and um, delivered to a uh, city mission baby's home over in Brunswick. And when I was, go- I was two, I was placed then into the Box Hill Boys' Home under the assimilation policy to be assimilated. And that uh, it worked for me. I became a, uh, a dedicated uh, Christian uh, and... Uh, and uh, but uh, I wasn't um, really happy about the fact that um, uh, certain elements of myself were denied me. I realised that uh, about a month before I left the Box Hill Boys' Home, my first sighting of other Aboriginal kids in the, the Box Hill Boys' Home was Kutcher Edwards and his brothers. OK? This is my first sighting of other Aboriginal kids in the Salvation Army Box Hill Boys' Home. I was... Um, about, uh, about to hit 14, and I was about to leave the Box Hill Boys' Home. That was the time you left when you turned 14. You had to then make your way out, uh, assisted by uh, Aboriginal Welfare Board, and um, uh, so I was fostered out. But uh, amongst Kutcher Edwards and his brothers was a young lad, Arthur. 
and he said his last name's Charles. And I could remember him saying, uh, would, I, I, I could remember me telling him, wouldn't it be funny, mate, if we were brothers? Now, I go and live with Mrs Murphy. I go to work as a glass beveller in Riversdale Road, Hawthorne. And the boys, upon hearing that I'm an orphan, uh, urged me to uh, check out Fitzroy. They knew that I was not happy with Widow Murphy and her twin bodgy sons. Uh, it was a great experience, actually, to be fostered into this family and that. And, uh, you know, an experience of uh, seeing what it's like living as a family member. But I always had that urge, that suspicion, that there was more to me than, uh, than I was allowed to be told or to discover. So um, the boys at work urged me to come over to Fitzroy. Check out Fitzroy, Jackie. I'll bet you got family amongst them. So I uh, jump off the... I come into to Melbourne by tram out to here and I jump off the corner of Napier and Gertrude Street when this old black fella pulls me up. And he, I fairly shit myself because he grabs me and he accuses me of being Blanche Charles's boy. And, of course, I'm totally perplexed. And he, he ushers me into the builder's arms. Uh, this is really weird for me. I've entered another place. Every face in the place seemed to be black. Anyone who could, they uh, rushed up to introduce themselves to me as an uncle, an auntie, all of them related. I am so overwhelmed by their beery hugs and kisses. I don't drink at the time, so I dive into my pay packet and I shout a few beers and I have a lemon squash myself. And one old lady croaks, you should go and see your mum, young fella. She's living up in Swan Hill. I will, I tell her. First chance I get. Well, I get home late that night to Mrs Murphy. Joy, oh joy, mum. I found mum. I expected her to share my joy, but uh, no such luck. She wrangles the story out of me. My night in a Fitzroy pub being recognised as a Charles, but worse still, my pay packet ripped open and a third of it spent. Now this riles are no end. She comes at me. Those people will tell you anything. Yeah, well, I believe them, I say, raising my hand. Am I going to hit her? I see the fright in her eyes. Get to bed, she hisses before backing off. No sooner had I put on my pyjamas and settled down for the night when she calls me to the front door. A police divisional wagon's parked in the drive and I'm tossed into the back in my pyjamas and I'm driven over to Royal Park Home for juvenile offenders. I'm a ward of the state, a child of the Crown at the time and I will be until I'm 18. And that woman, alas, uh, that I called Mum has deemed me unruly, disobedient. So for the first time, locked alone in a cell, I do remember crying myself to sleep. And it seems from then on after, all my Christian sensibilities were somewhat blackened. And it's the first of what becomes for me a series of incarcerations. Coming into Collingwood Fitzroy was a big eye-opener and a big scary for me. Having been raised and washed in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ, being a Christian and being a little bit offside. I look Aboriginal, so I must be Aboriginal. Um, I found that coming into Collingwood Fitzroy was a difficult... Uh, um, uh, was difficult for me. I felt that I was put on the coat. I wasn't welcomed. Perhaps it was the crushed yellow velvet flares I was wearing and the fact that I was holding the hand of a man who was wearing a caftan. 
and that. So this was in the 60s, Mike. But I do remember this place fondly. I do remember having found my mum in one of the little houses around this, uh, on this corner here. And I do remember being a worker, you know, uh, uh, you know, taking the paint off the windows when this uh, edifice here was being built. I do remember this place fondly. I've been part of the problem here in, uh, in Atherton Gardens and now I am part of the solution. I see we've enhanced uh, the Dirty Gertie Mile with this, uh, uh, this latest acknowledgement to uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the stolen generations, this marker, this permanent marker. And indeed I feel so honoured and proud that somehow or another through uh, good luck, good fortune or, or the fact that uh, my DNA, my Aboriginality is strong as ever, and that, um, so uh, I am now uh, so totally amazed with what I've been witnessing recently uh, along the Dirty Gertie Mile here. I must add that I am so overwhelmed with what um, um, uh, white, light has white Light has done for the gym. Uh, the White Lion, I should say, has saved the gym from disaster. They've been doing so a lot of amazing work out of the gym. So I can see that we'll be you know, uh, checking this place out here uh, and uh, using it as, as uh, more often as a gathering place. So um, I've um, just come back from Japan with my show, Jack Charles vs. The Crown, and previous to that, a couple of weeks previous to that, I did the Auckland Arts Festival. You know, I'd never touched so many noses and rubbed so many sweaty foreheads in my life, but it was a hoot to uh, perform and to be welcomed in such an extraordinary circumstance as being given a haka on the last night by the audience in Auckland. Japan was different. Um, they knew the story. It had been translated into their language. So uh, I have now decided that um, overseas tours of my show, Jack Charles vs. The Crown, will... Um, that's the end of the overseas tour. If I have to go overseas and take Jack Charles versus the Crown, it would have to be over to the Tasmania, over to um, over to Tasmania, and that. So um, uh, there's not to say that um, I've, I've placed him on a hanger, JC, and uh, he's hanging in a cupboard somewhere. So I'll bring him out uh, occasionally. And what I'd like to do down the track is that uh, I'd like to uh, bring him out, dust him off, JC, and uh, perhaps perform it at. Uh, maybe up at the top floor of the gym here, uh, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. My three band members, are, are, you know, agree with that. We won't have all the bells and the lights that we did have with my stage, uh, with my, uh, uh, the set, and exactly, because the set uh, broke up over in uh, Japan. So that was another indication that it was time to, uh, to give uh, JC... Having been a problem child of this community here, you know, see, you know, the, I, I do remember when this young fella asked me would I mind him following me around with his camera, uh, my first thought was, and I was heavily addicted, self-centred, very selfish, and um, um, living with blinkers on. And, um, and so I said to him, and he says, listen, I, I'm due for a whack now. Come upstairs, up to the flats here, and uh, you can film that. So that's the opening scene in Bastardy the Documentary. This Bastardy the Documentary has stood me in good stead. Somewhere or another, I opened up. It took eight years to make, and two of those years I'd spent doing one-year jail sentences. 
but I allowed it to show in 2008 at the International Film Festival in Melbourne. Much of Melbourne were lined up around the block, so Melbourne International Film Festival decided to have two premiere nights. It's a significant Melbourne story about a Melbourne man filmed by a Melbourne fella and his uh, friends from RMIT School of Television and Movie Making. So uh, that's, uh, that's varsity. Hard after that, you know, I had the presence of mind of coming out of jail, being my community's self-proclaimed Featherfoot Kadocha man, and, uh, and then um, somehow or another after Bastardy, I was talked into uh, co-writing a production called, and we called it Jack Charles vs. The Crown. Best thing I ever done, because we showed it off here in Melbourne at the Art Centre. Many of you mob came and saw it. Uh, it's travelled around regional Victoria, travelled right around Australia. I believe uh, Victorians um, saw my story, Love the story of a reformed, rehabilitated character, of a character that they feel they know so well, having read articles of me, you know, for instance, a movie star turns to burglary or something like that, or the old busker in the city, and you know, struggling with addiction, uh, crime time and jail time, but at the same time still being able to proffer myself to be uh, uh, a leading light on a stage or in front of a camera. Now, nowadays, as you can obviously see, I'm performing nowadays with honesty and integrity, with no poo, no enhancements to, uh, well, no enhancements of drugs to, uh, uh, to, for, for, to enhance my performance art. And so so I, uh, I believe that uh, my story, which I'll be writing about soon, I uh, started the process of writing the big black book of Little Jack Charles, although, although I'm actually going to call it Jack Charles, a born-again blackfella. Because, ladies and gentlemen, cousins, I have found that somehow or another in the researching of my heritage, my family timeline, the fact that, you know, my family travels, you know, I am Wiradjuri on my father's side. That's only recently discovered last year, right? Bunurung on my mum's side and Jajabarung on my great-great side. I am complete knowing this. And many, uh, many uh, uh, a, lost ch a lost child in our youth detention centres have been denied this search for their true identity. Many of the officers, we have to educate them. I've been going in with the Archie Roads Foundations, occasionally going into uh, Parkville and Malmesbury. want to make a play uh, to, to have a more regular presence in our youth detention centres. The big dreaming, ladies and gentlemen, that I do have is that I would like a time when every institution that incarcerates or houses in the, uh, uh, Aboriginal people must have local living elders nearby, men and women, employed to go in on a more regular basis at will to keep the song lines open with their families, for instance, and uh, perhaps keep languages, uh, you know, start um, unravelling the lives of many of the, the addicted people that have to struggle through jail time. We need in strong Indigenous men and women to, uh, to keep the lines of uh, communication open. Uh, we need to be, have a presence in the courts, in the submarine, before people front up to the courts. I've been speaking with uh, people in the justice system that uh, perhaps we need uh, elders to uh, have a place uh, as an advisory to the bench in regard to a young person's, uh, 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 if they're to be sentenced to jail, to undertake uh, 
a, a Maramali program. What are you going to be doing when you're doing time? You've got 17 hours in your jail cell and that, so you need to undertake something that might change the course of your life. It could be used as a court order to discover, to do the Muramali program, because I must admit, my last jail sentence, I came out with the intentions of being my community's featherfoot, Kadasha man, lawman, because I undertook and understood the Muramali message that Auntie Lorraine Peters and her daughter gave to me just before I was paroled and kicked out of the Port Phillip uh, prison. And that's so coming out of prison with the key to my unit still in my property. The first time I came out of jail, not homeless, so I go back to my flat. All these images you can see in the documentary Varsity. I am blessed that uh, I had the gumption, uh, the cheek, a, uh, this, this urge to educate white Australia about only just one stolen person's journey, my journey. And uh, I, I, there's a, it, my journey's only a you know, a theme that's floating throughout communities all across the nation and etc. So uh, I believe I've done a good thing with Barsity. I've kept, kept myself closely attached. It was a method to, uh, of, uh, of clearing my head post-addiction to stay, stay connected with uh, my family and my community, those that were struggling in community. It strengthened my resolve to never, ever regress. Because once I took my Aboriginality serious, you know, no drugs could ever enter into the equation ever again. So I've been living a, uh, you know, a, a um, pretty decent life now. I've, um, you know, um, I'm up for the next, um, I think you'll see the next episode of uh, uh, the Black Comedy Series, the third series coming up. Uh, they've got me back into it. I'm the... I do a little bit of the, the black tracker in it. Somebody lost their keys, so they had to get the local black tracker to find them. And that pay money for that too. It's a good job, you know. <laughs> but working with Wayne Blair, you know, one little tale I'll, t tale I'll tell before I close off is that uh, Wayne Blair comes up to me when we were doing the filming, and he said, "Jack, there are many myths told to you, told about you up here in Sydney, and there's one myth that I really, you know, found strange that." Apparently, Jack, you went over to the North Shore and you, uh, you were found by the owners of the house robbing it. You know? And he said, uh, he caught you in the cupboard and um, he said, what are you doing here? And I said, uh, I'm robbing you, mate. And he said, well, what are you taking? Oh, nothing, I just got started. Well, empty out your pockets. So I empty out my pockets and the missus has meanwhile, meanwhile parked the roving, the rover, the car. And she comes in and she says, have you got him, love? Have you got him? Yes, he's in the bedroom here. Well, and he says, well, I want to see him. No, no, call the police. No, I want to see him. So she comes in, she takes one look at me and she says, you're Jack Charles. Of course, I shout myself. This, this woman had seen me at the train factory. It happened actually in Kew here. So this lady and this gentleman, you know, took me down to their kitchen. We had a cup of tea and that. And so this is a myth that's told about me. There are many other myths. So it's inherent upon me now to uh, begin to write, start writing the book. And I'm using the wonderful uh, Namilla Benson from Triple R. Oh, she was Triple R. She's gone down to Radio National again. So she's my ghostwriter. I feel I'm not capable enough to write, uh, uh, write this material myself. But uh, down the track, 
I have some little vignettes that I'd like to create about my life, about certain aspects of my life that I can put into vignettes for performing arts or even music. So, um, so that's where I am at now. I've just uh, come back from Japan. I'm feeling bright and bushy-tailed and uh, um, uh, uh, I'm looking for other things to do. I'll do a little bit more. I'll do a little bit of work up here with the white line and use the top floor there. Movies, say, Sunday afternoons with Jack Charles. That'll bring the money in. That'll bring the punters in. And, we, we, you know, we can uh, uh, show Indigenous movies, uh, speci especially on a Sunday afternoon, and I think people will pay uh, some money to do this. So uh, I've uh, waffled on as much as I can. And, uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being in this unique place, a place that I so adored uh, when I was struggling. It was a place of sanctuary, this, this place here. We take it seriously about our stomping grounds and this has been regenerated into a, you know, a more superior stomping ground than we had previously. So thank you very much for uh, listening to the twists and turns of my dialogue. Thank you. Okay. Arigato. <laughs> Thank you, Uncle Jack Charles. Please come in. And together, I think we'd like to say to each and every one of you who came here today, thank you so much. Take the message of this marker in your heart that belonging is fundamental to the human condition and we each and every one of us need to find that deeper sense of belonging. And Never more so is that true than for the members of the Stolen Generation. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.